Welcome to Make It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. Each episode will have an inspiring guest tell their story of overcoming obstacles, never settling, and making it happen. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. So grab a coffee. Hope you enjoy the pod. Let's go. Okay, so we are live. Welcome to Making It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. I'm delighted to say we are on episode number 29. And I'm super excited for this. I can actually feel the energy um, on the laptop change at the moment. My next guest is Faisal Abdallah. There's my pronunciation going wrong. But anyway, we got it there in the end. Also known as Mr. PMA. He's been working in the fitness industry for over seven years. During this time, he's become a trainer to the stars with clients including Ellie Goulding and Ella Ayer. Ella Ayer, have I got that right? Ella Ayer, yeah, you Ella got it. Ella there, thank you. Um, he has previously worked with as a Nike NTC master trainer and Barry's Bootcamp. Faisal's infectious motivational and positive energy ensures that his clients leave his training studios buzzing and his endless enthusiasm has earned him the title of Mr. PMA, which we're going to jump into. Among clients, he is also a best-selling author, the PMA method. We're going to ask and find out all about that. Welcome. How are you, sir? We're going to make it happen, Tom. Um, Thank you very much. We we got here in the end, mate, so appreciate you having me on. And um, uh, thank you for the kind introduction. And uh, yeah, man, happy to be here. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, I hope the introduction did you justice, but we're gonna we're gonna hear your journey and story, as we say. So, Faisal, if we're to go back, if you talk about maybe your upbringing or childhood, will you just give us a little bit of perspective on that? Yeah, sure. So, um, my upbringing as a child, I had a fantastic childhood. I had an amazing um, uh, parents. My dad was my idol. My mum was my fitness inspiration and um yeah it was I had you know fairly normal it was all about sports back then I used to play a lot of football a lot of basketball um I absolutely loved my PE lessons and I wanted to be a PE teacher for ages when I when I when I went to college my I, I just got on with my my college PE teacher and I was just like yeah this is this is the one and um yeah the more I learned about sports and the science of sport and um and then the sociology part of it as well, have a mental, I mean, this is all kind of like subconsciously, I was like learning about the, the mental aspect of uh, sport and everything. And um, and yeah, so if we, were, if we go back even earlier, you know, so my father's Egyptian, my mother's Irish, and um, that's why I feel so strong about Ireland, clearly. That's why I love, that's how me and you met, buddy, at Wellfest. And I just love... Um, I love that I have that mix. I love that I have uh, different elements to my personality. Um, my infectious energy, as most people say, comes from my mom and my dad. And um, yeah, I had a fantastic upbringing. But it was all about sports back then. And it probably turned a little bit more serious, probably when I left college, to be fair. Um, didn't go to university. I, when I left college, I went straight into work. But that's when I started like bodybuilding I didn't really I wasn't really a bodybuilder first started bodybuilding that was that was my kind of first proper introduction into actual training I just wanted to have the big arms and the abs and the chest 
no legs. There was there was no leg day back then. Um, so yeah, that that was that's a bit about my my childhood and my upbringing. And uh, Faisal, just about job. What did you get into first? Was it fitness, or were you working a nine to five, or what was that like? Yeah, no. So I actually wanted to be an actor um, for the first half of my life. Um, I was. Uh, so my mom put me into a kids uh, agency and the first audition I went for, I got it. And it was for Pepsi for Saudi Arabia. Um, and it was lights, camera, action, and it was all luxury. And I was like, yeah, this is for me. I was like, yeah, mom, I could do this for a living. So ever since I did that, I was like, yeah, I want to be an actor. So I did loads of extra work and um and then as a resting actor, um, you take on loads of different roles. So I've had loads of different jobs. And then, you know, one day my mom said to me, OK, it's time to, to, to wake up now and, and get a serious job. So I, I started um, selling advertising space in the back of a, uh, a motorsport magazine. And that was a nine to five job sat behind the desk cold calling uh lots of people and it destroyed my soul um there's that saying in um i'm not comparing myself to it but there's a saying in um oh, i forgot the name of the movie but like morgan freeman basically says some birds can't be caged and that's how i felt i was like i'm in a cage right now and i shouldn't be here uh, but yeah no i did the nine to five um but that, i was a little bit stuck and i was a little bit lost like i really didn't know what to do and, and i did some more um action extra work on a movie and I got really in with the stunt team and they were like well why don't you train for the register and uh, as, I, as much as it was a, it's an amazing job I just I said to him, I just don't want to be a stunt man and then literally one of my friends called me up and said hey I've just done a, a Barry's boot camp class um it's it's you all over you need to apply for it and there wasn't one in in London but she got the email address of the guys in America and then they were opening one up in London and I was the first person to approach the guys um, who had the London franchise and I had a meeting with them. I didn't had no idea what I was getting myself into and um, the rest is history, as they say. So that that's, you know, I've, I've definitely experienced proper nine to five jobs. I've experienced, you know, part-time jobs. I've experienced uh, demoralizing jobs. <laughs> and um i've definitely definitely put in some hard graft over the years and faisal were you always that enthusiastic about looking for maybe the next opportunity um i've just always been enthusiastic um i've never really uh i've never really had a game plan i've never really you know written down my, my i've never done like mind mapping or anything like that in the early days um i was fortunate that things you know, it's the, the law of attraction. Um, the energy that I created and I put out attracted, you know, opportunities. Um, so I've been very fortunate. I wouldn't say lucky because it's got nothing to do with luck, but I've been very fortunate to have some amazing opportunities like come to me. So yeah, enthusiastic. If we talk about the, the start of Barry's or that, that little start for you. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that experience. And um, so my friend, so my friend said, hey, check out Barry's Bootcamp. And I Googled it at the time. And this is back in 2012. And it looked like a, a, a soft, erotic movie. If you, <laughs> if, you uh, if you Google it back then, it's very, yeah, it's very cheesy. And I was just like, oh, is this, 
But I thought, you know, give it a go. You know, I saw the head mic and the Britney Spears kind of like, I was just like, oh. Um, so anyway, so uh, we did a, a whole week of intensive training um, by uh, the guys over from Global Barry. So all like these top, top dogs, they came over to London and it was a very um, uh, collective uh, mix of, of trainers at the time. Some trainers who had been in the game for years and then some trainers who had literally only just got their qualification. Um, that was me. And um, yeah, after, after the week of training, I was like, this is, this is, this is pretty cool. You know, I, I get to perform. I get to, you know, do what I, I love. Um, and then the environment which Barry's creates, there's, there's nothing like it. So it started off with me teaching two classes when they launched back in 2013. And I still wanted to be an actor and I was still doing auditions and doing the odd little job here. Um, and then this snowball effect started to happen. Clients started saying, hey, you need, you need to have more classes. And two became four, four classes became eight. And then literally within a couple of months, I was, you know, I was... There was only like three or four trainers teaching a four-week schedule, and that was me. And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fitness instructor now. This is this is what I do." Um, and then, you know, just very organically and very slowly, this uh, passion of waking up at 5 a.m. and going in to teach a class with the head mic on and learning how to it's 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 an art it's a craft you, you know learning how to perfect my craft in terms of you know selecting the right and creating the right playlist to go with the right runs to go with the right floor work and then you have to give every every single person in that studio you know that one-on-one -on -one experience um i started to develop that and learn that and um and then, yeah, like I said, the energy attracts energy. And that was the beginning of my Barry's year. You know, 2013 was a massive year for me because that's when I transitioned into Mr. PMA. Mr. PMA. Uh, just, Faisal, just before we get into Mr. PMA, can you just give a perspective? I know there could be some people that have a fitness background listening to the podcast. What was, I suppose, fitness like in London at that time? Like was Barry's the first, or was there lots of things, lots of things happening? There were boutique studios, um, but Barry's was the first, like you know, king. But I mean, but, but you know, Barry's was ahead of the game in terms of uh, the concept. Um, but yeah, so in terms of the London fitness scene, um, it, there was nothing. There was nothing like Barry's. No one had ever done it to that scale before. Um, there were boutique gyms and boutique studios, but, um, you know, the closest thing to it would have been like a, a spinning class. Um, so the next step up from a spinning class to Barry's was just like, wow, it was just mind-blowing. Um, so, yeah, and I don't think any other gyms in London were creating a community, and that is one of the best things about Barry's Bootcamp and other franchises now is that they build a fantastic community. You know, strangers become friends, friends become, you know, partners. So it's amazing. And, and Faisal, so when you were rocking the classes in Barry's and I assume the classes were out the door full and jam packed, 
not all the time, but yeah. <laughs> you're building this reputation and Mr. PMA. If yeah. someone doesn't know, will you explain Mr. PMA to any listeners? Yeah, sure. So obviously PMA stands for positive mental attitude and it's a mantra and it's a way of life uh, that I live by. And um, when I was, a, I think I was, must have been 13 or 14 years old, I saw a um, detergent advert for uh, Ariel. And in the advert, there's a dad and a father and the dad says to his son, you have to have a positive mental attitude. Um, and it was just this epiphany moment. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. I love it. And all throughout my, my childhood, um, I would, uh, when Facebook, you know, happened and I got my first Facebook profile, I would, I, I would throw up the Arnold Schwarzenegger pose. You know, this is his pose. And I would just put, oh, positive mental attitude. So I was kind of living... Mr. PMA without really, you know, having that title. And then at the end of every class at Barry's Bootcamp, and this from my very first class, at the end of every class, when I'd go through the, the cool down sequence, I tell everyone to, to, to make your body 10 feet tall, clench your fists, and then pull down your positive mental attitude. Give yourselves a round of applause, everybody. So that became a thing. Like everyone knew that at the end of class, whether you're into it or not, because it does sound a little bit wishy-washy, a little bit hippie, a little bit, mm, but, you know, it's that thing like if 50 people are doing it in a class, you're, you're, you're the odd one out if you don't do it. <laughs> so everyone, even people that didn't really uh, get it in the beginning, they're going, oh, I'm putting down my positive mental attitude. Come, come to the third or fourth class, they're like, positive mental attitude and after a, after such an intense class when you're when you know your your heart rate's up and the endorphins are rushing you know and then you've got someone on the mic you know saying those words you're just like yeah you've it's an achievement every time I've, i said this every time you complete a barry's class or any workout for that matter it's an achievement and it is a mini celebration um and that's what that is so yeah, I got given the name, um, you know, oh, Mr. PMA. Like, I didn't, I, I never said, oh, I am Mr. PMA. People started doing that, and that's when it started to kind of grow into a brand without me really knowing it. And that's infectious. I love hearing your the positive energy come through. And um, what was next? Then did obviously the classes were growing. Did you want to get into personal training, or were opportunities coming your way left, right, and center, or was it a hard grind? Yeah, uh, no, it was definitely a hard grind. So, uh, yeah, teaching classes, and then I never really thought about doing personal training. I just thought, oh, this, you know, this is this is more my suit um, to teach classes. But then clients at Barry's were coming up to me and going, you know, do, do you do personal training? And I, you know, spoke to my to, to my uh, wife at the time. Wife at the time, she's my wife now. <laughs> spoke to my wife and um, she was like yeah just do it you should, you should rock it my first client I charged 50 pound an hour okay um so that there's a there's a good uh, summary of where I was at the time you know like for, for all budding personal trainers right now you know even if you've just qualified you know your your hourly rate is way more than 50 quid especially being a Barry's Bootcamp trainer and being in central London so I trained this guy and um, and then another woman came on board and she said, oh, can you train me at 6 a.m.? And I, I lived out of London at the time. I lived in a place called Surrey. So it was about a good 45 to maybe a 50 minute journey into London. And I was like, 
uh, yeah, okay. Um, and again, for 50 pounds. So I would be waking up at 4 a.m. to get into London for quarter to six, because I'm always quite punctual. I would then train her from six to seven, train my next client from seven to eight. And then I'd go to Barry's, fall asleep, go to sleep in a, um, in a corridor at the back on the floor with a couple of mats rolled up, set my alarm clock for 10.15, um, then teach my 10.45. And then from 10.45, after 10.45, I'd then jump into the next class. And then there'd be this like gap of absolutely nothing um, where I'd program the rest of the week's classes or the rest of the classes that day um my next class would be 7:50 at night um and that was like my that was like my big class i teach that and then i'd go and train another client over in knightsbridge at um 7 yeah at, at, at 9 p.m um finishing at 10 and i'd get home at like 11 11 30 and then i'll do it all again and I, and I worked like that for probably a year and a half. Um, that kind of just, and it, and it, at, at the time it didn't seem hard. It didn't, you know, waking up at 4am and going in, I was just like, yeah, this is amazing. Like, you know, this is really cool. Um, so it didn't seem like hard work. And, and that's because to me, it wasn't work. It was a passion. It was a love. So from those early days of personal training um the next kind of big break was miss ellie golding and it was a big hoo-ha when she came into class i remember one of the other um owners was like oh my god fine you've got ellie golding into class okay um so uh, yeah just and i was like yo chill it's my class i'm gonna teach it just how i teach it normally and we'll see what happens um and um, yeah, during the class, she was whooping and hollering, loving my playlist. So it gives you a bit of a, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, you kind of raise your game even more when you've got such a, uh, a VIP in your class and everyone in the class knows it. It's like, oh my God, I'm running next to Ellie Golden. You kind of like, you know, you know, there are eyes on you. So you just kind of, you get this extra extra you know boost of energy and um yeah so she came to my class again and then I just started chatting to her and I just said to her um what's next what, what's your next gig and she was oh I've actually got a gig um next week she said just straight up she just went oh um do you want do you want to come be my trainer and I was just like uh yeah okay I'll definitely do that she went, okay cool I'll get someone to, I'll get someone to call you and then she just left without taking my number or anything and I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's just all, you know, empty, empty promises. Later on that day, I get a phone call from a manager um, saying, are you free from uh, next Wednesday to next Saturday? And I was like, next Wednesday to next Saturday? You know, I was like, well, I mean, I, I can be, but I am teaching. And I said, okay, cool. Just send over your passport details and can you fill out this form? And I was like, pardon? And I said to him, where is this? What is this? Oh, it's a Bacardi event with Calvin Harris and Kendrick Lamar in um, Puerto Rico. And I was like, uh, okay. And at this point, my mind would just go, what the hell is happening? And uh, yeah, so I sent out all the details. Um, and then she came to my class the next day and she was like, oh, it's all sorted. I was like, yeah, no, this is amazing. I can't wait. And I said, you know, I, I asked her a few questions about, you know, what does she, how, how does she train outside of Barry's and stuff? And she said to me, oh, I've actually got an extra seat um, for your wife if you want to bring her. And I was like, okay, cool. 
said, I said, Louise, um, we are going to Puerto Rico on a chartered flight. Um, all expenses paid for, blah, blah, blah. And that experience was my first kind of like introduction to the celebrity world. It was quite a, quite a, um, a unique experience. So yeah, you know, on a plane with all these pop stars and producers and people from Bacardi and Calvin Harris's team. And the experience was an absolute whirlwind. And um, it was quite strange because once it finished, everyone was like, oh my God, oh my God, how was it? How was it? I said, it was great. And when we when we came back to the UK, she um, she came to another class, like I think a class before or after mine. And um, obviously we just spent like five days together in Puerto Rico. I trained her every day, which is awesome. And like, you're a part of her team. Like you've got like a, you know, like a, um, a security yeah. thing, you know, you're part of Ellie Golding's team. And uh, anyway, that barriers and she just kind of walked past me. And I went to go alone. She just literally walked past me. And I was like, oh, damn, what, have, I, have I messed this up? Yeah, well, like, what's, what's happened? And I start, you know, paranoia kicks in. I was like, Louise, you just walked past me. Like, I've just spent five days with her. Like, what's happening? Um, and then it again, the snowball effect just happened. And she said, Oh, I've got a gym in my house. You want to come around and train me? And then we just started training. And I was training her, I'd probably say like three times a week for a good year. And our friendship just grew. And you know before so during all that you know um lululemon asked me to be an ambassador and i was an ambassador for their flagship store in covent garden and then obviously ellie was with nike at the time and uh, she asked me to come to this photo shoot just to like um consult the movement and everything that she was doing um and i think that's what obviously put me in the limelight with nike and then they said oh do you want to come and be a Nike trainer. And I was like, well, I'm actually with uh, Lululemon. And they just said, okay, well, the offer's there if you want it. So I, I you know, I had a lovely conversation with Lululemon. I said, look, it's Nike. It's a dream opportunity. And they were so amazing. Lululemon are a fantastic company. And they just said, yeah, we wouldn't want to, you know, stop you from doing that. So then that's when the whole Nike thing happened. And that was another whole whole whirlwind. And, um, you know, I was six months into having the Nike trainer title when the uh, UK brand manager at the time said, we're going to fly you out to um, Portland's Nike World Headquarters to do the Master Training Summit. And I was just like, okay, just to let you know, like we've never made a Nike trainer master that quick before. And I was like, uh, I didn't know what to say to it. It's like, how do you say this without coming across braggy? I was just like, I said, oh my God, I said, this is absolutely amazing. And then, yeah, cut a long story short, I'm on a first class flight, flight with three of other uh, UK trainers to, to Portland and being at Nike World Headquarters for a weekend. It was like, yeah, it was literally like four days or something um, with all these other amazing trainers from around the world. And you're learning how you, 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 you adapt things from other people and you learn and you come back and then your little community, you come back and all of a sudden you're like, wow, you're now, you're now Mr. Nike as well. <laughs> so, like I said, energy attracts energy and opportunities. And that is literally how I live my life. Um, you know, but we can't neglect the fact that I was in the right place at the right time. Would any of that happened without Barry's? Yes, 
but a lot slower. Like I was, you're, you're in a place where so many people walk through the doors and you have no idea who that person is that, you know, we had MPs walking through the door. We had directors, we had fashion designers, pop stars, all these people who it just takes one moment where they go, oh, do you know what? I like them. And they do get a phone call and they bring you into your world. So yeah, without Barry's, I would be nowhere. But I always say that, you know, you can be shown the door, but it takes a someone to smash that door down. So you can be in the right place at the right time, but you need to be that someone to take that opportunity and just absolutely run like Usain Bolt with it. So yeah, that's what I always say. Brilliant, Dan. I could, I could listen to you all day. I just a couple of points on that, Fives, that I'd love to pick up on. Um, yeah. I suppose for any of the listeners, do you have any daily habits, whether it's health or fitness or exercise, that you could give tips for them to maybe just create the right mindset? A hundred percent. So a great way is to structure your day, especially now uh, in the current kind of world that we're living in. It's, it's a little bit... Um, up and down structure your day like even if you have a day off structure it so you know i've got a whiteboard up there and you know we write down everything that we're doing in the day so it'll be you know breakfast at 8 a.m you know walk my son to nursery at 7 30 i would then set a time when i would train and so as soon as you set a structure that's one kind of um, stress release almost. You know, you, you, you've taken some pressure off yourself, okay? Because one, it's, it's visual, you can see it. And two, you know exactly what you have to do in that day. And you can apply that for the week or the month. You know, you can write down whatever. Um, and in terms of, uh, I always, tr- I mean, I, I'm actually quite bad at this, okay? So, but I always try to learn something new each day and whether that's reading a paragraph from a different book or listening to a podcast or or uh, or watching a sports documentary I always try and learn something new it doesn't have to be training related um just to keep my my, my I mean I'm always learning something new with my son he's he, he's he's the biggest teacher ever um and then obviously training is such a massive part, part of my life it, it, it's a huge passion and for a long time I didn't know how key it was for my mental health. Like I'd say only, I'd probably say only like two and a half years ago, I actually had a moment where I was like, Oh, I'm actually really aggressive and really down if I don't train, you know? And I was like, Oh, okay. So yeah, now, now I know how, how important it is. Now I'm actually listening to all the words and advice I've been saying all, all over these years you know, it's a positive mental attitude. Um, so, uh, yeah, so training is my release. It's my time. As much as it inspires other people um, and motivates other people, it's essential for my mental health. Um, essential for my mental health. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, and, Faisal, just one thing I, I, you, I just picked up on from your um, just the last conversation you mentioned I suppose you mentioned about Barry's and being in front of different people all the time and having good energy. I suppose if anyone's listening and maybe they're just thinking of their network or whatever service they're providing or being in front of people, how important is, I suppose, the right attitude? Yeah, 100%. Um, 
obviously you have to be a uh, uh, a good people's person. You have to have good people skills. And that is a, a, a multiple of different things, like being able to read someone, being able to um, come in at the right tone. Like, you know, if you can see someone uh, and they're, a little bit iffy i'm not going to come in straight and go yo what's happening how's your day and uh, so we're going to do this class today it's uh it's arms and abs like it's it's too much it's too overkill so picking up on people's signs um and how they are um goes a long way i promise you um and also just asking a very simple question of how you doing today and you say it in such a meaningful way not just like this oh i because everyone's saying it i say it if you actually ask someone, you will, you'll be surprised, you know, they'll, they'll open up to you. And then straight away, you have a personal connection with that person. So when you then teach a class or whatever, you have this amazing, you know, personal energy, this, this individual pathway between you and that person. You're like, I know something about me, about you. You open up to me. It's, I won't tell no one. Cause, cause you know, for, for, for people who listen now who are personal trainers, you know that, you know, we're, we're almost psychiatrists, you know, we're personal therapy um, people uh, because we get told people's deepest, darkest secrets. Um, and, you know, we're just expected to keep that. And obviously we, we, we keep that to ourselves, but it makes your, your bond stronger. So coming back to your question about what's the right attitude, the, the right attitude is to just choose to be happy regardless of your mood because whatever your job is whatever you're doing if it's involving other people it means they've come to you for a release they've come to you to to get away from normality you know that one hour of training could be their absolute you know life-saving moment in their day you know they've worked and worked and they're in a bad job or in, they're in a bad place but that 6 p.m class with Faisal is like, oh my God, I can't wait. And then if you're in a bad mood and you're giving bad energy, then you've just, you've just ruined them. So my attitude is to say to choose to be happy, um, which comes easy as a personal trainer because we're doing a job that we love already. Um, and just remember, you never know who you're talking to and you never know what that person is going through. So it's just to be open-minded. It's, it's to be positive. It's to be happy all the time. Um, and I always say this as well. It's, I try to impose my will on people and that sounds quite um, dogmatic, but if you break it down, my will is to, shed light on the world my will is to spread a positive mental message so if i can impose my will on every single person that i meet we're going to be in a better place so impose your will on people brilliant brilliant and if Faisal, if the click back to barry so your profile's grown and you're doing from lululemon nike master trainer did social media start lightening up then or was that big all the way along yeah, no, big time. Uh, so Instagram, you know, but my Instagram account was so personal in the beginning. You know, it was, it, the, the account handle was fizzle underscore 28. So that will give you uh, an indication of what age I was when I started Instagram. 
I was 28 years old and I just put up, if you go back to the early pictures, you'd have to scroll a long way. It'll take a couple of hours maybe. But um, it was just pictures of like bagels and ice cream. And, uh, <laughs> but I don't know when and how it was. Um, it was prob probably uh, during the Nike training, to be fair, because they, they had a whole aspect on social media. Um, I think we had like a whole seminar on it, which was amazing. Um, and it was from then I was just like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Like, I mean, I was always very confident in front of camera because I wanted to be an actor. Remember that, any directors out there, I'm still keen. Um, so I was always confident in front of camera and I was always going, yo, what's up Instagram? How are you doing? Happy Tuesday. I'm teaching at 10 and whatever, you know, and I only had like two or 3000 followers at the time. Um, but then it just grew. Like I started to do workout videos. I started to do motivational uh, images. And then it was it was actually my my, my wife who said we should, we should do a motivational Monday video. Um, and I remember filming it in her mum's house. And it seemed really cheesy for me at the at that time to go. Good morning, Instagram. What's happening? So today I want you to so. And then that happened. And then literally every Monday since that time, five years ago, I've not missed a Motivation Monday. Um, and Instagram was definitely different back then. Instagram grew a lot quicker. Um, the algorithms were uh, way easier back then. So it is, it is a bit more difficult now. It's definitely uh, been marketed to, uh, you have to strategize your, yourself as a business if you are starting out so it is different now to back then but it was like i said everything was so organic back that back then tom there wasn't a real game plan i was just doing it for the love of it um and i had so many so many like fellow colleagues and trainers going how do you do these workout videos and not get like criticized and stuff and th th there was this fear factor from other people just going oh i'm i'm afraid of putting out this content in case people think it's like really cheesy and I'm said to I remember saying to one guy who are you afraid of like oh so and so and he named all his friends and I'm like yeah but you're just worried about the people in your circle who are who are gonna take the piss out of you because they're your mates um but you have x amount of followers outside of that circle who are gonna benefit from that workout video and that's what I was doing without really thinking about it um so yeah, it was just organic. Again, it was passion. It was love. Uh, nothing should ever be forced. Like if you feel like it isn't you and it isn't right, but you saw someone else do it and it looked cool, then you shouldn't do it because that isn't for you. Um, and I see so many people um, trying things that aren't them, but I can guarantee you they've seen it on a different account and that account got like a hundred thousand likes or whatever. And he was like, Oh, I'll try it. Yeah. No, it, it doesn't work. So um, just yeah. be true to yourself. Find the, you know, a lot of people say to me, uh, a lot of, a lot of trainers specifically always ask me, how did you become a Nike master trainer? How did you get into Barry's? How did you get a, a book? How did you, and I'm just like, I, I tell you how, yeah, okay. I mastered my craft. And in mastering your craft, you're this, you're like this. You have blinkers on and you're not looking at anything else and you're just getting on with your day and you're getting on with your work and you master your craft. 
oh, did you approach this person? Did you, did you email them? Nope, I, I didn't knock at anyone's door and, and I'm not coming across braggy. I just, that just wasn't how I did it. Yes, there are stories of people emailing this, this company a thousand times and that one email gets picked up and that's the, that's the success story. But master your craft and I guarantee you it will be the reverse way. People will knock on your door because they will come to you for you being the best at what you do. Um, and that's what I was doing without really knowing it because it was just, I just loved teaching at Barry's. I just loved teaching classes. I loved then. And then the whole festival scene came in and, you know, Wellfest was probably my first like major festival. It was, it was in the first one was 20, 16 or 2015 the one before kbc uh wherever it was and that's you know <clears throat> and that's a different element to to my love you know that was when i could get on stage and perform in front of a couple of hundred of people rather than 20 or 50 so i just love what i do and that's and you need to find you know someone's craft is someone's love Ooh, Ooh. Ooh. Write that down. I love it. Um, I'm making notes here as you speak. Um, so <laughs> finally, if we're, if we're to fast forward, then I suppose yeah. when did what was next after Barry's, or how did that come about? Yeah, so everything kind of runs its course, and uh, I just felt like not that I needed a new challenge, but. The next step for me is kind of like ownership. And I'm, I've, I've been in this ever since I've left Barry's. I've been in a, in, a, in a limbo, but a nice limbo. Don't get me wrong. I've absolutely, uh, I'm absolutely loving it. So, you know, there are talks of, you know, opening up a, a, a gym and where I'm more heavily involved and whatever. And I definitely am going to come back to teaching classes, um, even though online is probably the most, obvious route to go in the in the world that we're in at the moment so i probably do i mean that's what i'm doing at the moment um but yeah watch this space like i said i'm in a limbo i'm in a very happy limbo um i thought things were gonna i thought i was gonna transition a lot quicker but um it's kind of happened for the right reason because if it did happen before covid i'd be in a, a, be in a I, I know a lot of businesses that uh launched and opened you know beginning kind of like this time last year and then covid came and just basically just took away their business so um it's kind of happened for a reason why i've not turned into my next like chapter um so we will let the dust settle we will let the financial market um decide what's happening because you know um to for investors to invest in, in a business they need to know what's going on in the next few years and that's a, a murky water at the moment so when those waters become a bit clearer and hopefully I'll, I'll be jumping back on the scene uh, and getting back into teaching classes and also like passing on my knowledge and experience to other trainers um you know so I'll be doing like a trainer academy for that concept when that concept is up and running so i'm looking forward to that and um but the main the main thing tom really is to 
just be at home more because I'm I've I absolutely uh, I, I have a fierce love for my son and this year has been a year that I will never ever ever get back the time that I've had with my little boy has been absolutely priceless I would trade everything for it and um it's just made me realize that I want to do way more with him um so I'm going to work my ass off until I can basically retire very early <laughs> and uh, just live live an amazing life with him. Great, man. It's great. Um, Faisal, I'm obviously conscious of time with you. I just, if probably a few questions I'm going to fire at you that I probably yeah, ask right. a lot of our guests. Um, advice. Does any advice you've ever gotten off anyone stick out to you? Always in your mind. You might have mentioned it already during our conversation. <laughs> Probably the question is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Yeah, the best, the best piece, the best piece of advice for 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 training or for like being a trainer or anything. The best piece of advice for being a trainer, I, I said it, I said it literally just previous, is master your craft. Like, know what your skill set is. You can't be good at everything. So pick something. Yeah, believe in it, regardless if your mum and dad tell you that it's a rubbish decision, and just run with it um and then advice for for just training is real simple you need to enjoy what you do so if you're finding it hard to stick with something it's because you don't enjoy it so there are a thousand different forms of training find one that you trial and error find one that you enjoy and then i guarantee you you'll be You'll be planning your day around your training because that's that's how I live my life. <laughs> so yeah, that's awesome. Um, if you could have a meal now, this is probably a loaded question with five people, any people dead or alive, who oh, they be? Um, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, David Goggins, David Attenborough, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And wife. who? Wife. <laughs> I'll just say my wife just to keep her happy. <laughs> yeah, keep her happy. I love um, it. Probably Mo Farah, to be fair. Yeah, probably Mo Farah. There'll be the, 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 those five, and they're all still alive. So yeah, that'll be some conversation. <laughs> and I suppose, guys, this last one. Um, do you have any podcasts or book recommendations for any of our listeners that have helped you on your journey? Um. Make It Happen is a really good one. Uh, everyone should be listening to that. I mean, they're listening to it right now. Uh, no, to be fair, um, uh, obviously Joe Rogan is uh, phenomenal, but I, that, that's kind of like my main go-to uh, in terms of podcasts because uh, it's such a variety. And I just I just love the um, the flow of his podcast. It's really cool. Um, and in terms of books, um, I'm currently not reading any ones at the moment, but I tell you what book is good. It's the PMA method. Genuinely, it's amazing um, because it has some fantastic tools in there that you will be able to use to unlock your mental attitude to make it more positive. Um, so that is what I'd say. <laughs> um, and Faisal, where can people stay connected with you? Where can they find you? Yeah, the best place is Instagram. So it's Faisal PMA Fitness. 
Um, you'll see me uh, putting up loads of great content on there. My YouTube channel, um, I'm you know putting a bit more passion into that um, this year, and that is PMA Fitness. Um, they're the best places to get me on, but Instagram is is, is the main one. So yeah. Brilliant. Well, listen, you're someone I've looked up to over the years, and it's been great to network with you. And thanks so much for your expertise this morning. It's been um, a high energy podcast, which has been fantastic. Absolute pleasure, bro. I appreciate you uh, reaching out to me, mate. It's amazing. Thanks so much.